was a night like tonight, nothing plainly to fear, when a crew of odd ducks out of thin air appeared. But it wasn't a wormhole, a quake, or a shock. This crew was transported via vanishing box. They battled the talkies and the liberal elite. They drank small batch vodka that made them excrete. And from French magic showmen with secrets most foul to New England rich girls and a murderous foul, there was Augie the German whose obsessions were true, who spent most of last season as a falsified Jew. There was Conrad the con man, a literary sham, who was headed for stardom but now just goddamn. And scientist Lilith, who, most cavalier, rebuilt the cursed box that made them disappear. Hirschfelder, who changed his identity. And Rudyard, who won the Pulitzer in 1933. That brings us to now, where our friends, as you see, were being escorted by a gang of Nazis. Okay, okay, I get it. You're mad, but go easy on the arm. Hebrews is there. Oh, Gesundheit. Oh, God, now this is going to be a thing. Augie, an American? Really? Am I that easy to replace? Call it a hunch, old sport, but that doesn't sound like English anymore. Care to share with the rest of the class? Yeah, this is going to be a problem. But I am glad I could finally use that phrase in its proper context. And on that note, that is the last bit of German I know. So... Well, that may be something you want to pick up sooner rather than later. It's a deceptively simple language. I've never really been one for electives. I'm afraid it shows. You strike me as more of the elementary maths and gym class cockwags type. Hey! Don't worry, Griff's uh, Conrad. He's only talking about himself. Oh, I thought he was talking about you. Oh, my God! You all hush up the piles? Yeah! With this pie around, you'll be the first to know. Or the second. I love pie. Actually, yeah, if this pie around, we get first views. It's a pylon. Mine air. Puns. Nice. What are you talking about? We are SS officers. The pride of Germany and the world. Would you please remind these two pecan sandies what the SS stands for? Was that to me? It was to the general, all of you, but since you're volunteering... See, that's the thing about volunteering. I've never allowed myself to be guilted into doing it. Therefore, I've actually never done it. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm sure there's no need for... Uh, 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 Now I'm curious. Of course. Hirschgart? Later. Are you saying you don't know what the SS stands for? It's just a simple question. Of course he does. Of course you do. Just say it and we can get to wherever you're taking us in our box, which I'm sure is charmingly gothic. Well, if you know it, then why don't you tell them? <laughs> really? After everything we've just been through, you don't think I know what the SS stands for in SS? I mean, I would have bet you did, but honestly, now you kind of just seem like you're talking around it. Are you getting any of this? Of course I am. If you don't think it was mandatory to pass your Deutsch level tries in secondary boarding academy school, you're sorely mistaken. Actually, I'm not that sore. Oh my, why do you insist on latching on to the most- Well, 
Do you have an answer? I... Yes. So, what is it? It is so simple. No? Everyone knows the SS in SS stands for Super Special. Oh, God. We're, We're dead. dead. Shut, Shut up. up. That is correct. Yeah, boys. Yeah, boy. Super special. And according to the new third rack bylaw 2227B, only super special boys get pie. So, unless you sign the dotted line, you don't get any key lime. That's right. This was about pie. Now, Hershkot, why don't you lead the way to the castle? <laughs> I'd be much obliged. Right this way, everyone. To the castle. To, to the, the castle? Foggy, ah! ah! Lilith, combined with the big life-threatening secret I just told you, you know, about my whole real last name and the fact that I'm secretly Uish J. Osher K. and Urkum-sized, say? I'm not too keen on pressing my luck in a Nazi German castle. Just keep smiling and walking and staying away from their pies. I'm gonna go to the back and cover the box. Why? Because, Augie. Chimney ah! ah! fucking Christmas! Why are you here? It's snowing. Hey, at least there's that. A Very Vanishing Christmas by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. Part 1 The Christmas Kiss. And on through the snowfall our tight-knit crew travelled, till after more walking they reached Nazi Castle. Good God, is this happening? I'm just speaking in rhyme? Eh, know what, piss it. It is Christmas time! Ah, pushy much! We have to do the secret knock. Of course, why wouldn't that be a thing? Augie? What's that supposed to mean? Yeah, what? I'm just saying how refreshing it is to see how thorough you people are. Little help here. Literally anyone. Oh, I think you're doing great. Really? Whew, we could not disagree more. We? Oh, so you think Augie did a good job? Maybe we all don't have to comment you on... People? <laughs> Apparently not. What do you mean, you people? Yeah, like, you're better than us? You think you're better than some people? I mean, I don't think I'm the worst, but it took years of telling people I did things like journal to even get there. No, I don't think I'm better than you... people. Well, we've all been there. Am I right, boys? Ach, man, brother. Hotel. But then I joined the SS, and now I am better than most people. In fact, the only people I'm not better than are the superiors who are professionally better than me. And that's just science. And the law. Yeah, that's right. The law, too. Besides, I can tell by your prevalent dialect. You're definitely from around here. What's your name? Augie Eckhart. Og, yeah, see? Super jam. You can say you people all you want. Unless you're Austrian. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that goes without saying. Okay. Cool! Let's knock! Let's knock! Who 
dares enter the presence of the great and powerful super-secret officer's board meeting? This is officer number one. And number two. And number three. Three petty SS officers dare interrupt the great and powerful school board meeting. Augie, if what you told me is true, and that machine really is a replica of Jean-Jacqueline Lamarck's vanishing box... It is. ...and it really did full matter transmutate you all from California in 1937 to Berlin in 1944... It, it did. ...then for your own safety and the safety of everyone else in this party, I'm going to have to ask you to keep your mouth shut and leave all the talking to me. We, we will. Shh. Okay, that's not fair. There are four of us whispering. That equals one normal voice. Augie... That was actually right. Really? Fuck you, math! Shh! Sorry. Don't be sorry, be shh! All of you, shh! This hallway was built by our Aryan ancestors way back in 1927. It's very acoustically sound. You are now daring to enter the presence of the great and powerful... SS Board of Directors. Officers, Hi. esteemed guests, Hi. Herr Hirschgart, General Schneeman, it's so good to see you out of class during what must be your planning block. I didn't know that you had first period off. Yes, well, that's because I don't have first period off, General Schneeman. What? No. Oh, that's crazy, because if you don't have first period off, and it's technically first period now, then that would mean that your class is... With my TA. With your TA, that's right. Right. Because that's why we pay you for your TA to teach our nation's brightest minds and strongest personalities theater, and not the theater teacher. No, General. Because if you paid me and I made my assistant do all the work, then that would make me a redundancy. And we both know that SS does not abide redundancies. <sighs> Super true. Super true, Herr Hirschgart. Then I suppose the question begs, and forgive me if you couldn't see this coming, what are you doing out of your first period if you don't, in fact, have that period off? I'm so glad you asked. I was trying to get here as soon as possible before I was derailed by your three undermenches there to alert you of the arrival of several high-potential new recruits I stumbled upon in Malpark. May I introduce... Right, 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 right. And while I'm sure your pals are with it and full of Third Reich razzmatazz and whatnot, I'm more interested in this incredible... Box-like structure. And why wouldn't you be? It's one of a kind. Can you believe someone in Mallow Park was just throwing it away? I thought it would be a great addition to the Hall of Wardrobes or spare kindling for the O'Tenen bonfire. Oh, come, come, Hirschgart. You and I both know we're not going to be roasting our chestnuts over this treasure. Especially since it full matter transmutated all your friends here from California in 1937 to Berlin, here and now. Well, 
that. Our hallways are very acoustically sound. Fuck. Well, it was a good run. Yes, it full matter transmutated. What are you doing? I mean, I could see how she would think you were only telling me not to say anything. I get singled out for that a lot. This machine has scientific capabilities beyond any of your wildest dreams. Even if you were to freebase on the strongest, rarest, and most unfortunately named opioid on this or any other market, which I have done twice, once to achieve a higher plane of knowledge to allow me better access to this very machine's workings, and once just because, you'd never be able to even approximate the full efficiency and potential of this vanishing box or the depravity of what I've had to do to have access to this design. Biscuits and brandy, is that why you slept with me back in 33? Just to get those Lamarck notes that I nicked? What do you mean, Lamarck notes that you- Damn it, Rudyard, not the time. Yeah, God! And shenanigan-filled history aside, you are- Lilith. Delia is her name. Lilith Delia? Lilith Delia. Wait. But that's not hurt. You of all people should understand the necessity for fake names right now. Oh yeah? Well, how did it feel to be used for some aged papers? Honestly, fine. This is Augie. Delia. What? Really? Well, that is ever so random. Because that would mean that these halls built by our Aryan ancestors back in 1927 are not as acoustically sound as I thought, because um, I could have sworn you said your name was Augie Eckhart. Gulp. Gulp indeed, Herr Eckhart. So, did I hear an echo of a whisper through a heavy wooden door correctly? Or have I just not had my Nescafe instant this morning? Oh, come on, that's still a thing? Yeah, the SS runs on it. Fine, then yes. I guess my name is Augie Eckhart. Delia Eckhart? Really? Really? I mean, yes, Augie Delia Eckhart. I took my wife's last name as my middle name. Huh. How progressive. We could use more of that kind of progressivism in ZSS. You know, the meaningless kind. Well, that's just... <laughs> me and my gal. Yes, me and my husband, whom I love to be around, living together, celebrating and matching Christmas sweaters, Sundays. Well, I don't know about you, leather-clad gentlemen, but I'm convinced Sundays, top-notch. You know... I don't want to say I told you so, Augie, but I will say I've mentioned it before on several occasions. You are worthy of love. Are you crying? Do I have a heart? Yes, yes, if we all love love in this room. Don't we, men? <clears throat> and while this dynamic, I'm sure, is fun, for my brain as well as our story's clarity, I think you three had better come with me. Three? Yes, you, your wife, and your box. And I did mean it in that order. As for these others... That's us. Is it? I was confused. I leave you all in the company of General Pfefferkuchen and Otto. Yeah? Feel free to 
dispose of them, if you catch my meaning. Oh, I don't think that'll be necessary, but thanks for the green light, just in case. Uh, fine. Fine. A absolutely your call, but the option is always open. No, I got it, but like I said, I think we're cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're cool? That's what's the new fun phrase today. Cool? Ugh, kids. If they weren't the future, I swear we should get rid of them all. Anyway, onward. <laughs> Hey, little secret. Don't worry! I'm not gonna dispose of anyone. Why would I do that? That's so lame. No, no. I have something else in mind for you. <coughs> Chill. And through spooky hallways to the courtyard they walked. Just the general, Augie, Lilith, and the box. As the snowfall kept falling, a song filled the air. A kinder choir singing, always just kind of there. Do you enjoy the Christmas caroling, Herr Eckhart? I think I want to enjoy it more than I actually do, but they sound great. <laughs> Strong, uniform, kids' voices. A bit of pitchiness from the altos, but I'm not surprised. Ah, so you have some experience with vocal croon, Fräulein Delia. I dabbled. Now I'm not surprised. How rad. I'm sure you can gather by their obvious pitch uniformity and razor precise diction. The Wielsberg Schloss und School is not only highly decorated in our sports, academic, bookbinding and bookburning departments, but in the arts as well. Oh yeah? I'm sure you get a lot of competition out here in the middle of fucking nowhere. Not as much as we used to. Because of the holidays, you understand. We're the only school in this district of Germany to remain open during the Christmas season. In addition to being the only remaining school in this district of Germany. Ah, <laughs> here with the war going on, it must be nice for you to know your higher-ups felt your most useful post was at a school. That really says a lot about your character, General... Schneemann. Schneemann, right, thank you. Yes. It is, actually, considering our entire student body is made up of precious Aryan orphans. Because everyone deserves a home at Christmas time. Wouldn't you agree, Herr Delia? And Miss Delia. Mrs. Delia. Fraulein Delia. Both of you. Then yes, I too agree. And seeing as this is just a school for precious little Aryan orphans, what is it you think that they may want most? At Christmas time. A radio flyer? An aerial radio telescope? Radios in general? Definitive proof of the Aryan race's geographical ancestry. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten to that one for a while. It was coming up for me. Oh, snap! I totally forgot to introduce myself. Super rude. Who dares not know the name of the great... Officer Harold, come on. I can introduce myself. It's just because I got a big fancy promotion. <laughs> and that doesn't mean I can't still bake my own bread. In fact, everybody, why don't we adjourn this meeting? I don't see any reason to keep you all here just looking for things to do. It is almost Christmas after all. General Otto Pfefferkuchen dares to adjourn the great and powerful SS officer board meeting in the name of Christmas! 
Christmas! All I want for Christmas is less meetings with Arthur God, formalities, am I right? They say we'd be nowhere without order, but honestly, I think that's just something the old guys say to hang on to their jobs. <laughs> hey there, General Otto Pfefferkuchen. But my friends and General Schneeman, who you met earlier, call me Otto for short. I heard a lot of words in there and what sounded like general? Does that mean he said his name yet? Just focus on the general of it all and leave the talking to me before... So, you're American, right? Why do I even bother? <laughs> Jeez, Otto, it would probably help to speak to the American in American. Ugh, my bad. <clears throat> How about now? Can you understand me okay? Well, are you going to answer him? You said to leave the talking to you. You did say that, right? Oh, my. Yes, he's American. Now, does that mean I can cut some sort of deal? Rudyard! What? I don't know about you two, but I'd rather just get to the point of all this with as little of his himness as possible. I take it you two have a past? He's my arch-nemesis. I suppose that is more concise than parasitic, eye-stealing, hack-writing deformer and co-worker. Co-worker? That's how you view me? Honestly, as long as you're offended, the wordplay did its job. Ugh. Wordplay. A classic scoundrel strategy. Like using a rook in a game of chess. You've never used a rook in a game of chess? Oh, I have. But only when I'm being a scoundrel. Ugh. Noise. Thank you. I... I mean... Uh... Sir? Tight. So look, I'll cut right to the chase. We all know these halls are acoustically sound, right? I know that box or whatever sent you all here from another time in another country, and that's totally cool. You know us. We don't ask questions about that sort of stuff. But I gotta handle the housekeeping. You know how it is. I do? You are all SS, right? We are. Uh, we are? Yeah. We are. We are. The Aryan race is the rightful heir to dominion over all other races on the planet. We know this. Written in the stars as plainly as Hitler wrote the hieroglyphics, we are more mentally, intellectually, and psychologically advanced than other disgusting and dumb people, idiots as I call them, and more physically fit sends a great German bear giving births on a menstrual period. He means during, right? I can assure you, I don't. Okay. You both get it. You are our countrymen. I can tell not just by your names, but by your strong, proud dialects you keep waving about like a bright German flag during the 18 o'clock to 19 o'clock flag-waving hour. You know of our doubtless supremacy. Let's just go through the list of every other inferior race. I've even turned it into a little song. First we've got the... Okay, no, I no, think no, you've no, made no, your no, point. not. Yeah, I mean, we're the best. No, no doubt about it. But, uh, why be sore winners, you know? Sore? Winners? Like how the Allies acted after they secretly lost to us in the First War, but if they had won... Yeah, that is a new one. I like that. Excuse me. So, Venus, dash, here, Oh, you don't have to put my name. Nine, nine, nine. I believe in giving credit where credit's due, yeah? Sure. 
This is when people start citing their sources. So yeah, I don't need to see your IDs or anything. A simple response in the affirmative is fine. Anton, I've seen your credentials before, so you're good to grind. But we'll start with you, my new American friend. Hey. Hi. What can I call you? You can call me anything you want. Uh, I'm very trainable. Nah, come on. As the Fuhrer says, names are the window to the identity. Plus, I need something to write down on the visitor's log. <laughs> like I said, formalities. Right. Right. Then, for the log, my name is C.W. Griffson. Initials. Dope. Seriously. God, I want to say thank you so badly. Then do it. Maybe not that badly. And since I know you showed up from a full matter transmutating box, under reason for visit, I'll just put volunteering, because no one gives a shit, and uh, occupation and SS affiliation. Like I said before, you can just say yes or no. Right. What happens if I say no? <laughs> Man, I'll be honest, it's gonna totally change the vibe we've got going here. Hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hmm. Uh, can I start with occupation, then? Oh, totally, dude, right on. And before this mix-up happens again, when I say occupation, I do mean job, not like what we did to France. You know, <laughs> I was just about to ask for clarification on that. <laughs> but no, my occupation is... Uh, screenwriter. Ooh. You're really adding a lot, you know that? A screenwriter? From America. That's awesome. That is seriously so... Hey, do you know Fritz Lang? Fritzy? Oh my god. If I had a nickel for every short film festival that man invited me to, ooh, I could fill this hall with nickels. You know what I told him? Call me when you do a night of features and we'll talk. And I actually said that. Right? See, it's like the Fuhrer says. A short film is just the pregnancy scare of the motion picture. And I don't got time for that. So glad he agrees. <laughs> You're telling me. Hey, but cool. You don't like Lang? We don't like Lang. That's enough of an SS affirmative for me. Is it? Don't help me. You know, I'm something of a cinephile myself. What are your stuff what I know? Oh, I'm sure nothing. No, come on. All right, all right, fine. I'll budge. It was a small prestige awards contender released by RKO called The Glorious and Mournful Sort. No way. You wrote The Glorious and Mournful Sort? Yes, I did. Why? Do you have a copy? I'm actually really curious to know how it turned out. Wait. Ah, uh, you got me, dude! Ah, ha, ha I did? Duh! Everybody who studies American cinema knows that The Glorious and Mournful Sort was written by Maxine Bohr and based on an unpublished novel by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Aha! Justice! What? Oh, yeah. In 1938, Maxine Bohr was the first woman to win the Oscar for Best Screenplay. What? what? I had my money on A Star is Born, but that won't be the last time we hear that story if I have anything to say about it. But I wrote that screenplay. I actually did. Maxine was just a producer. All she did was greenlight, organize, pay for, and ghost direct it. The actual dialogue was mine. Oh, no, 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 no. Air Griffson, I believe you. There were rumors as soon as she was nominated that she didn't actually write that thing. 
It was too disorganized, childishly erratic even. That's what you get when your daily pages are turning on cocktail napkins. Oh, please. That was three days, and they were barely consecutive. Everyone knows, especially us here, that there's no way a woman could have written that level of melodrama and self-interest. Here I assumed it was maybe the actors going full gonzo, but now I come to find out I'm standing in front of the man himself. It is an honor, Air Griffson. Griffson's fine. Bet. Bet. Anton. I had no idea you had such famous friends. What can I say? We live for the drama. We are huge fans of your work here at the SS. Oh, I really don't know what to say. I'd start with Karma's a fabulous bitch, but I'd hate to ruin the fun. Sweet. <sighs> wow. Sorry, I'm still just so... Ah, oh, so cool. Anyway, nerd, am I right? Okay, uh, now, now you, sir, with the eye patch. That's gnarly. Super legit, though. Respect. Anyway, uh, sorry, just your uh, name, occupation, SS affiliation. Anything else you'd like? Favorite color, zodiac sign? Nah, just the ones I asked. But we were always looking for new ideas. We're big into constructive criticism. I will be sure to locate the suggestion box on the way out. My name is Rudyard T. Codswallop. Rudyard T. Codswallop? Dang. Why does that also sound familiar? I know. You were the production assistant on the glorious and mournful sort. I remember your name from the credits. An impossibly tough apex to surpass, I know. However, I am also a writer. In fact, you may have heard of one of my novels, The Wizard of Versailles. <laughs> it won the Pulitzer Prize. In 1933. Anton, care to share with the class? Oh, I'm aware of it, Rudyard. I just feel like I'd heard the whole thing before somewhere else. Loyalty is but a goalkeeper waiting for the washroom break, as they say. So general, does my resume satisfy you? Ah, uh, you know, you're gonna kill me. I I'm not actually much of a book guy. None of us really are. Was there anything else you may have done? Maybe a film or a colorful pamphlet? I... How do you not know? It, it won the goddamn Pulitzer Prize. Oh my god. I'm just putting this together. You don't have any other books, do you? Oh, justice! Your selective pettiness strikes again! No, no, that's not. I do have another book. It's just not a fiction book, so it doesn't count. Why wouldn't it count? You know they say, truth is stranger than fiction, right? That's a famous quote. He's right. The Fuhrer did say that. So wise. A lot of zingers on that guy. Fine. Then yes, my first book was an examination of the underground homeless population in Sweden called Stock Homeless. You've heard of it? Heard of it? It's one of the two required reading books here at Wüsselberg Schloss und Schule. That and Mein Kampf, Avi. I'm sorry. Really? Oh yeah. You know, the attention to detail in describing how entire populations of people can survive in sewers and tunnels is how we got most of our strategy for the war. We even took the name for our most recent siege from your author's note. Hey, you remember? Where you talk about the war between your talent and your conscience being a constant... Battle of the Bulge. From the horse's mouth. Wow. Anton, I knew there must have been some reason you brought your friends here besides the Christmas spirit. I mean, we are literally standing in the presence of Aryan giants. I don't even need to ask for your SS affirmation, Air Codswallop. You literally wrote the book. 
I guess karma is a fabulous B-word after all. Oh, shove it. They love your work. But they use yours. So, Anton, was this a surprise? You get me a gift. It was. Merry Christmas, General. Otto, please. General is just my station. So you have brought these two incredible writers here for me to meet. And just in time for the Fuhrer's arrival at the Christmas Eve Spectacular this Friday? I'm sorry, come again. Great. So, now that we've gotten that table set for tea time, as a supportive mother would probably say, I think it's time for me to reveal the real reason I've brought you to this quaint, award-winning courtyard during caroling hours. Fucking finally. What award would a courtyard win? Best courtyard and sound mixing. More so than any other hallway in the school, this courtyard is especially acoustically sound. Good on the ancestors, I guess. Exactly, Herr Delia Eckhart. Our ancestors... You really gotta stop walking into these. It's not like I'm trying. So, the ancestors... Right, that was loud. Everything had been going along smooth as baby butter. Vidding the vor, asserting our dominance, doing... many other third things, when one of our... wonderful little students posited in front of me and the rest of the class that if we Aryans rose up to reclaim our rightful place as the uber race, then where did we originally come from? Kids, right? The future's screwed. Yes, we must live in the moment, it would seem. Anyways, it got me thinking. If we are the rightful master race of this world, and we did conquer this land, then where did our ancestors come from? You mean exactly what the kid said? Long story less long, I ran into what was left of our library, discovered our remaining world atlas, and promptly abandoned it in favor of more illuminating research. Pop-up books. Pop-up books? Like the children's books, but what? Oh, shit. Augie, this checks out. What?! Every good SS general knows that the Fuhrer divines all of his knowledge of the Aryan legacy from these most honest and cryptic sources. Our Aryan ancestors would never be simple enough to leave us literal tomes of their rise and rule. They would hide them in plain sight so that only the cream would rise from our crop. Is that right? It is! And it was in one of those pop-up books, a rare nautical-themed opus entitled Dead Cities Tell No Tales and Fair to Find Them, that I discovered the secrets of our ancestors upon pulling down an ancient paper tab. I discovered the name of one civilization yet to be discovered. Herr Delia. How familiar are you with the legend of Atlantis? Would it be surprising to say not very? As I'm sure you're aware, there is no proof as to the location of the Lost Kingdom, no coordinates, and more importantly, no country claiming ownership. Do you know why that is? The war? Exactly! The war between the known and the unknown! If there's no discernible proof of Atlantis, then how do we all know about it? Unless the information is pre-programmed into the Aryan brain! So, you're saying... A call 
from our ancestral mummies to finally return home. Right, and you think that... To unite as a master race in our birthplace of Atlantis. Wow, that took a turn. So, are you in? Oh, so you don't know? Anton hasn't told you about the spectacular that is next level. You sneak, that is so you. The Fuhrer is going to be here this Friday, two days from now, for our annual Christmas Eve spectacular. It's dope. There's a book bonfire, a Bavarian-themed pop-up gift shop, and Anton and his theater company are putting up the pageant. They let you have a theater company? They let me have a theater class. We are very proud of the Uberliner Ensemble. That's what you keep calling them. Yes. They win awards. Did you hear that, Rudy? These kids won something once, too. That still puts me, these students, and anyone who's ever played Children's League football ahead of you. You say that like winning a ghost Oscar for writing a movie is nothing. Anyway, the spectacular. Typically, we stick to one acts and royalty-free monologues, but Otto approved us to create, out of nothing, the Christmas pageant this year. And so you must have thought that the best way into the Fuhrer's heart was to punch up your script with two of the SS's most sacredly salacious scribes? Yes, exactly. Our script is festive, full of Aryan-specific beauty. Who doesn't love a symmetrical face? But it lacked the thing the Fuhrer cares most about. World domination? Racial purity? Yes. Yes. And... Love. Oh. Yeah, the true meaning of Christmas. So, what's the plan? How are we gonna spread the holly jollies to every Aryan orphan, man, selective woman, and Fuhrer in Vuselberg this Friday? I... Great start. Well, General. Otto. Exactly. The creative process is such a delicate garden. C.W. and Rudyard have obviously been studying the script constantly, so I'm sure they have ideas I don't even know yet. That would be best preserved in the private brainstorming session in my classroom. Now. Quite so. Ta-ta. That's such a bummer. Because, like... So, okay. So, like, as you know... I'm the youngest general the SS has ever seen. And, like, a lot of the rest of the board is, like, super peeved. Like, like some of them don't even tell me when our war briefings are. Because they just want to see me screw up so badly that I get demoted and then killed. Probably. Which would be super sucky. So, since I'm the one vouching for you and, like, set up this whole thing to impress the Fuhrer, I think I have to know exactly what you and the Uberliner Ensemble are going to be putting up on that cafetorium stage this Friday. So, pitch me, boys. What do we got? So, how's about a little Christmas visit to our elders? Just a little visit. Yeah. To the Aryan homeland. Yeah. Which is in... Atlantis. Third time is the also ya. Okay. So you... That's exactly what I'd hoped you'd say. But be warned, Herr Delia Eckhart. The box must be ready when the Fuhrer arrives this Friday. And must take off before the SS Christmas Eve Spectacular is even set to begin. I'm sorry, the SS, what the word is this now? The Spectacular. Don't even worry about it. It's just the school's Christmas pageant put on by the little Aryan orphans as a celebration of all things Aryan and Christmas. It won't even matter. Right. I'm sorry. 
maybe I don't understand. Bitch pot. If you've got a bunch of kids putting on some great big Aryan Christmas pageant Friday, then why would you want to use the box before they get to do their show? Oh, because haven't you been able to guess, Herr Delia? I hate Christmas. <laughs> I love Christmas. And if my trading cards are telling the truth, so does the Fuhrer. And as long as your play is honest and true and reaffirms strength and courage in the face of unconquerable defeat, then he's going to love it. And I haven't told Anton this yet, but if he likes the spectacular, then the Fuhrer is going to let us keep the arts on the curriculum for next year. What? I know. I just found out about it, too. Super sucks, right? But yeah, if the show is bad, then our entire awards-winning arts program is getting thrown out like business casual Fridays. But if it's good, then we save the arts program. And how sick would that be? Wait, what? I know, this sucks. This had to come at the end of the quarter, grades being due and everything. It's just like, uh, never a good time, you know? But, but yeah, so let's save the arts program. What do we got? Are we sure they deserve it? We are. Fine. Fine. Mouth shut. I get it. Oh, look, Anton, it can learn. You bet your sweet eye patch it can. Anyway. Well. So. It all starts with. Hitler! Sorry? Sick. Right. Hitler. And. And he's. a boy. A little orphan boy. But Hitler wasn't an orphan? True, but. This way, he's just like the students. A man of the people. Nice. Sweet. Kill the parents. What next? So he's... a boy. You said that. I got it. Just a regular boy. A boy genius. Well, that goes without saying. But the older kids don't like him. They, uh, uh, oh, what's the... to make fun of? Mock. That's right, Robbie. Way to use that Pulitzer. They mock him. They say, we're smarter than you. We're cooler than you. We're taller than you. Uh, I'm just going to ask now, and just so you know, I'm cool with it, but are we one hundo about bringing up the height? I mean, we don't. You know what? Yes, absolutely one fucking hundo. These boys are cruel, right? Ready to steal your milk money as fast as they can steal your family. A cadre of the most selfish, unsympathetic humans known to man. Jews? Sure. 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 So these Jews, as I call them, because I hate them so much, they won't let Adolf play in any reindeer games. And Adolf, our Fuhrer, our lord and savior of all things not hateful, is sad. So, while all the orphans out in the world are sad for their various and probably inauthentic reasons, our Fuhrer has a real reason to have lost the Christmas spirit. You got teased once. Oh my god. I know exactly how he feels. Of course you do. We all do. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, he gets visited by a heavenly angel, the one and only... Love of his life, uh, Ava Braun. Ava Braun! Oh, I did not see that coming! And up on his rooftop, goose goose step, down comes Ava, reminding him that these Jews, yeah, you said it, so I don't have to, that these jokers don't have any Christmas spirit because they don't even celebrate Christmas. They're just sucking the Christmas cheer from everyone they can. Mistletoe? Suck. Santa Claus? Suck. 
Mrs. Claus suck. God, they suck so much. That's what's easiest to believe. So child Adolf sees the spirit of Christmas as the image of young Ava herself. Youthful, jolly, red. Wow. Guys, you just took my brain, unzipped my mind, and blew it. This is going to be the perfect show to lift everyone's spirits. Lift their spirits? Oh, yeah. Duh. I keep forgetting you don't know how the war is going. Yeah, it's bad. The Americans join the English and French and blah, blah, blah. Long story super short, we are not doing as hot as we'd like. But with this, the Fuhrer is sure to let me into Valhalla now. I'm sorry, what? Then we begin Act 2 in clear present day with a war looming cold and dour. What? As our Christmas king with the small moustache must push to the final hour. But on Christmas Eve... It's a tad extreme, and the only way to turn our tide is a red-hot beauty. With a first-rate... Duty! And on a German sleigh, she rides. As Ava rides on... To the break of dawn. Just to reach our Führer's camp. She passes her enemies. Wearing a ceremony. It's honestly impressive. Damn. But then does she reach him? The Fuhrer, I mean. Does she make it or does she miss? When in true Christmas spirit, she rides past her limit. To receive her Christmas kiss. A kiss? A kiss? Yes, a Christmas kiss. Just to smooch her heart to fill. But we never ever set up a Christmas kiss. I assure you, now we will. So this kiss, this kiss, yes, this Christmas kiss is the thing that wins the war. For on Christmas night, when the moon shines bright, is the kiss that makes us soar. It's a kiss, a kiss, yes, a Christmas kiss. It's, it's the, the smooch that, that makes, makes us sing. For on Christmas night, when the moon shines bright, in our play, the kiss, kiss is the thing. thing. I love it. I love it. This is exactly the kind of traditional kick in the boots this school needs to bring the old SS into the new. The fuck is happening here? Augie, thank God you're here. This show is becoming a musical. Not on my watch. I'll fill you in on the lyrics later, but, long story simplified, we're doing a show. You're doing a show? They're doing a show. Air Griffson, Air Codswallop, I gotta ask, what do you call this thing? I'll be home for Christmas. Finishing Act is written and directed by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. This episode was sound designed by Hannah Forschler, and original music was composed by Baldemar. Our head sound designer is Daniel Eddie Williams. This episode featured Sarah Price as Augie Eckhart, Tina Munoz Pontia as Lilith von Hitzler, Daniel Milhouse as Conrad Webley Griffstein, Sam Hubbard as Rudyard T. Codswallop. Lauren Stepney as Anton Hirschfelder, Rob Kozlarik as Schneeman, Eric Eilerson as Otto, Brandon Wilders as Officer 1, Michael Morrow as Officer 2, Jay Donnelly as Officer 3, Daniel Eddie Williams as The Herald, and Lauren Grace Thompson as the narrator. The original song featured in this episode, The Christmas Kiss, was written by Ian Gears and Baltimore, and additional kinder choir music was composed by Ian Gears. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at VanishingPod, or on our website, vanishingpod.com, and join us next time for part two, The Christmas Con. Heard one Danny Elfman song, I've heard them all. <laughs> 
The influence of Freemasonry is undeniable and unavoidable. But who are these mysterious apron-wearing craftsmen, and what are they up to? For centuries, hater-ass conspiracy theorists have attempted to answer these questions. This fall, from the creative team behind The One Stars and The Subjective Truth, comes a new dark comedy about secret societies and suggestive thinking. Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason. Starring Zane Schacht as Randy Dunning. I just want to go on the record right now and say that I, Randy Dunning, am 100% anti-gravity. Lauren Grace Thompson as Gail Kruger. You're the one who wanted a Freemason. I don't see why I should be the one getting punished for it. And Matthew Woodcock as Walter Clay. When it comes to the secrets held by our brotherhood, this is one of the juicy ones. Like, subscribe, and share your way to the truth when two flat earthers kidnap a Freemason.